0: ...through 25 goes on, and, and today we're going to look at the last application in our response to that, that, that the writer of Hebrews came in. But, um, but he said, in beginning in chapter 10, verse 19, he said, "...therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened up for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God... So this is talking about everything that's been said from chapter 5 all the way to chapter 10, verse 18. He's, he's winding it all down and, and wrapping it up, and he's saying, now here are three things. He said, first of all, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. And the next thing he said, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful. And then what we're going to get to today, and let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet to, uh, together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So, <clears throat> so as we come, he's, he's commanded us to pray, to come together corporately, to pray and worship, to stand firm on the faith, on the faith that's been passed down throughout the generations and in in, in the scriptures, and and then that we're to provoke one another to love and good deeds, and that's what we're looking at today, and this one requires that that at a minimum we be together, that we at least be communicating with one another. That's how we provoke one another to love and good deeds. So the first thing, the first phrase in this is, let us consider how to stir one another stir up one another to love and good works. So we need to keep the spiritual growth of others in careful consideration. We have to carefully consider how do I help other people grow in their faith because Christian growth leads to love and love expresses itself in good works. He says here, he said, let us stir one another up to love and to good deeds. So our faith moves us to love other people, and in turn, it, it, it drives us to want to serve and help and, and be a part of each other's lives. And because of what we've received in Jesus, our great high priest, we're exhorted to stir up or provoke one another to love and good deeds. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but pr- that's, that's what spiritual growth is, is when we are growing in our faith, we're growing in love, and we're growing in the things that we do to serve others and to serve God. So that's that's what it is, and we have an obligation to each other because of what Jesus has done for us. This is what the writer is, is, he's coming in, he's saying, look, this is who Jesus is. He is the son of God. He is the sinless son of God. He died. He paid the price for your sin. He has gone before us into heaven. He pleads our case before God. He sits at the right hand of God, and, and he will come again for us us in, in in light of this truth of our great high priest, the one who has passed before us, these are the things that that we are called to do. In 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty six, Paul put it this way, he said what then brothers, when you come together each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. Paul just said, look, all the gifts that you have, what God has done in your life, he's done it for you to build other people up. He's not done it just so you can have it and keep it to yourself, but it's there for you to take and give to other people. In First Thessalonians 5.11, he said, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So we're encouraged to build one another up. And Hebrews 3.13 says, but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So it's this thing of coming together and encouraging one another and helping each other to live out the faith that's been passed down through the ages. And so what we've been what we've been given by God is to be used for the well-being of others. Our gifts, our experiences, our understanding, they're there for us to share with other people. It's things that we've gained that that we give to each other and, and kind of look at it. It, it gets kind of, when we talk about it in, in, in church and in spiritual terms, sometimes we, we wonder, well, you know, how's that look? It's just like it is in life. There are things that you love to do, that you've got friends, they love to do the same thing, and you help each other out. You, you bring each other along. For instance, a couple of weeks ago, I called a friend of mine, Robin, and, and um, he had talked to me, I don't know, maybe a couple of months ago, and he said, you know, he said, I'm having problems, I'm, I'm, I'm loading these, I'm, I'm sizing these shells, and, and they're all coming out different. And I don't understand that. And we talked about it a while. I said, well, I think it's your shell holder. You know what he did? Sure enough, he had a, a, a shell holder wasn't right. He got a new one and everything was fine. I call him up. I go, hey, I got this weird thing happening. Every time I, I, everything's seated, it's on a machine. I mean, the machine should not vary. And, and I'm pulling it down. I'm seeing the bullets, but they're coming out. They're, they're like three thousandths off. And and you all know, have one that's that's you know five thousandths longer than the other one, and you're kind of looking at me glazed over, going five thousandths of an inch. Seriously, get a life, man. Um, but but it matters to me, you know, it matters to me because I want the I want the bullets to all hit the same spot, and and not that it really matters because I'm I you know I don't ever have anything to shoot besides a piece of paper. Um, you know, the, the moose is always too small, but, um, or elusive, he doesn't come out, whatever. But I mean, I could spit on him. He gets that close, but, but, um, you know, you can smell him, you can see him, you can hear him. You can do everything except for kill him and eat him. But, but anyway, you know, we're doing this, and, and we're calling to do Why? Because I know that he knows something, and he knows that I know something, and we want to help each other out to be able to attain whatever the goal it is. Now, I just need a friend that can call the real moose in that I can kill. Anybody's available, I'm here. Um, there it goes. But but anyway, um, this, is, this is what it means. It's our opportunity to build each other up. We do this in a spiritual way with the spiritual things that we've learned in our Christian walk and the applications that we've learned. We have for that in our homes, in our families, in our marriages, raising our children, in the workplace, wherever it might be, we come in and we have experiences that go on and you go, you know what, I, this is what's going on in my life and, and I'm really trying to figure out what is it, what is it that will get me over here because I'm, it's just like I'm hitting a brick wall here and somebody comes in and goes, well, you know what? I've been where you were before and and, you know as, as I went through that time in my life as I read the scripture the light bulb went on over here and I made an adjustment in this area of life and all of a sudden it impacted this over here you know I learned how to be a husband from the word of God and from other godly men who had gone before me and figured it out right and, and we pass that down to each other. Or, or, you know, it just comes in many different ways. But, but here's what he's saying. He's saying, let's consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. Let's, let's figure out how to be a part of what's going on because that's what the Christian journey is about. It's something that we do together because they're things that we share. So he says in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, Teach is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. You know, manifestation, what in the world? In other words, the Holy Spirit dwells within you and he's 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 shaped you in a certain way and he's given you some gifts and he's given them to you to use to help other people, to build one another up for the common good, for the common good. Common good of the body. It's not just for me. Um, if if I kept my gift all to myself, I'd just go preach in the house by myself, and my family would think I was nuts. They already do. But anyway, this is the thing that, that goes along with it. It's it's for the common good for the body. In Romans 11 he says, uh, Paul says, "For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you." Paul said, "I, I want to be in your. I want to be with you. I want to be there with the Christians in Rome, and I want to impart something to you that'll be good for you. I want to." Give you something that God has given to me in Luke twenty two thirty two. I prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Um, Paul said, "I'm praying that 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 you will endure." Um, endure the fight, that you will continue on and that you will strengthen people as you come. You see, we've received God's gift of grace in Jesus and we're supposed to be looking for opportunities to share that with other people so other people can experience what we have experienced and we can help them to to mature so that they in turn can do that same thing with other people. That's, That's what Christian discipleship is. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It doesn't mean that I just come and I take it in and I hold it in. It means that I find somebody else and I bring them along on that journey with me. I, I've told you um, the story before, but a few years ago, my wife and um, asked one of her coworkers to come to church here. Um, he, Roger and Patty, they came to our church. Roger, uh, he's, a, he's a great guy, good man. Had. had Uh, very, um, a a man of faith um, came, but, but coming in there, he came in, he, he came to our, our small group, and, and basically, I, I kind of, maybe I might be putting words in his mouth, but sum it up, he, um, he grew up, this is what I do to be a Christian, this is what I do, and, and, um, and one, one day, in our, he, you know, they joined our small group, and one day in our small group, church well, and I were gone, but, but he said, there, you know what, I, I, don't, I don't know that I'm a follower of Jesus. And, and then the, the next week, after church, he walks out, and, and in there, he just goes, I want you to know that today I became a follower of Jesus. Today, it made sense, and sharing our group, you know, said, look, I never understood. It's not about what I do, it's what about Jesus has done, to, to kind of boil it down and distill it. And, and Roger um, joined a group with another, a couple other men that I was in, that I was leading, and we were just talking, about, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it look like? How do I grow in my faith? How do I do this? And, and, and it caught, and, and he was excited about it and excited to learn. And we went through this, and he said, you know what? I want to lead a small group because I want to be able to do with other people what you've done with me. That's what it is to stir one another up to love and good deeds. You had many different people involved in that picture. You have someone asking, inviting, engaging in the workplace. You have gr- uh, people in a group that are praying for one another. They're listening to one another. They're sharing. You have other guys in a group that are, that are sharing, you know, this is how we grow in our faith. And then in it all, it's the, it's the thing, this drive within us that says, you know what? I want to be able to share with others what God has done for me. And, and sometimes we, we just forget that. We forget that, you know, ultimately that's what it is. That's where it comes. That's what drives it. And that's what moves it. So we want to look at how do I put the spiritual growth and maturity of other people up on the top of my priority list? How do I move that up there and, and keep it there? And, and what are the ways that I can engage other people to grow and be encouraged uh, to grow myself by them you know how how can i put myself in those positions because this is what he's saying in light of everything jesus our great high priest has done and everything that that we look in in, in the ramifications of all of jesus coming of god becoming a man being born living a sinless life on this earth dying on the cross taking the bearing the penalty for our sins uh, going to the grave conquering sin and death and, and rising to the right hand of the Father, ascending to the right hand of the Father, promising to come again in light of all of that. How do I take this and, and encourage other people with it and stir them up or, or goad them or prod them or or provoke them to grow in their faith and, and, and do that? And then the next thing he says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. Now, obviously, you're not neglecting to meet because we're meeting here today. But, but a better way of putting it is is being committed to the gathering, being committed to gathering with other believers, being committed to coming into the presence of other people. It just stands to reason if we're going to provoke one another to loving good deeds, we got to be together, right? I mean, you can't provoke somebody to good deeds if if you don't engage with them. We have to engage. Um, and so. For some, back when this was written, it, it meant for them, he says, as some are in the habit of doing, he says, so, so there's a problem here among these, these Hebrew believers. They're, they're, um, some of them are neglecting the gathering. And, and maybe, you know, just kind of looking, well, maybe. Why? Well, if you come in and you go back 2,000 years ago, when Christianity, at the, at the very roots of it, after the resurrection of Jesus and, and the church is growing at a rapid pace, you've got people coming from all walks of life into the Christian faith. You have Romans coming into the Christian faith. You have um, non-Romans coming into the, the Christian faith. You have Jewish people coming into the Christian faith. You have all these different nationalities of people coming into the Christian faith. You have people from all different socioeconomic levels coming into the to Christian faith, you have educated people, uneducated people, you have free people, you have slaves. I mean, it's a plethora of people of all different shapes and, and, and backgrounds. So they're all coming in and you come into that, well, there's, there's a social pressure involved in that. When you're in one group in society and you start gathering with another group, it's going to have some social consequences, Right. People they 'll say man you 're a Roman. what are you doing gathering with those um, non Roman what are you doing with the Greeks? What are you doing hanging out with the jews over there what what 's up with that or you're freed man. you 're a freedman you are you are a wealthy man. What are you doing side by side with slaves i mean what 's up with this what 's going on and, and so an easy way to do that is come in and go hey well i mean i 'm I'm, I'm a follower of jesus but I'm going to um, stay stay with my own. I'm going to stick around with people like me, or I'm going to I'm going to stay away from there because I don't want other people to break their ties with me. I don't want to pay that price. I don't want to do that, and and it it could have some negative ramifications in my life in the marketplace in my job or in my social circle but but the reality is is God's people are a family so this is what the writer's saying saying look you're a family you come from all walks of life you come from all places and as you gather together you gather together under a common banner and that is the banner of Jesus because ultimately that's the only thing that matters it's the only thing that matters. So we come and, and we come there and, and we do that. So <clears throat> as we come in, we, we gather into the presence. Now, I, I suppose you, you could do it <clears throat> remotely. You can look at, and, you know, we've done that over the last few months. We've uh, electronically kind of beamed in and, and tried to do the, the best we could do with that. And I'll be honest with you, it, it was, it just, it killed me. I mean, I hated it. I, it was the weirdest thing. I would be in this room. There's a terrible echo in it. We'd be recording a message. There's wires and cameras and lights and all kinds of junk there to make it all work and, and people moving around. And I'm sitting here, you know, preaching to an empty room. It just makes, you know, it makes no sense. And, and especially if you're an extrovert. So it, it just, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that, that goes on, but, but, um, but we did the best we could do. I mean, that's, that's what we could do, and there's nothing wrong with that. It was an extreme time, and, and so we, we um, did whatever, but I don't ever want to do that again. Never, 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 never. Um, we have people who um, they they can't come right now because they're, they're compromised healthwise and and they're not going to be able to come here, and and we fully understand that and we want them to be here and be connected and they are here and they are connected through the camera on the back wall you know it's recording and everything's worked through and and over a lot of time uh, Greg's done a lot of stuff with the audio and 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 everything to make everything work and and um, there've been a lot of other people involved and and uh, Hannah she um, watches every Sunday, and people, they text back, and they don't text. There's an interface in there where you can talk to each other, you know, on the shell that's showing the thing on the screen, so people know that you're there, and it happened when we were there with that online church platform that we used where people would come in, check in, you know, be preaching. They'd give a thumbs up during a song or uh, something, you know, that was said or whatever, so you would have this this deal where people could communicate and connect because we... We're made by God to, to be a part of each other's lives. This is what the Scripture's tell us. We're made to be together. So um, we, we always have, have done this. And, and during times of, if you go back um, 2,000 years in time in the early church, when they were being persecuted, they still met. They met at great cost. I mean, people still gathered and met, even knowing that that meeting could cost them dearly. Why? Because they knew that the most important thing to them was Jesus. It was to be together, to to understand and to know, to know him, to know that Jesus, our great high priest, who has gone before us, this is the greatest possession I have. This is the greatest thing in my life, and nothing can take this away from me, and and I have to share this with other people. I have to experience it with other people. I have to worship with them and be a part of what they're doing. So they did this even at risk of of arrest or any, you know, persecution. They still gathered. Peter knew right when to go um, after he was miraculously released from prison in Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 19. You see the story that Peter's in jail. He gets out there um, as, as he leaves the jail and goes and escapes. He he goes and where does he go? He goes to the home of Mary and Martha. Why? Because he knows they're going to be meeting there praying for him. That was their custom. That's what they did. This is what these people, they gathered, and and they were a part of one another's lives. He goes, he knocks on the door, and, and they answer the door and go, oh, this is weird, his ghost is out there. And he just stays and keeps on knocking. Yeah, hey, I'm not a ghost, you know. Um, here it is. Hey, go and tell everybody, and I'm going on. So this is what happens in Acts chapter 12. This was a normal routine for them. In Acts 2.42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. And, and as you come to that, it means that they were part of each other's lives. They were encouraging one another, building one another up. This is something that happens um, <clears throat> that when we're physically present with one another. It's, it's easy to forego this physical presence, it's easy to say, you know, I I can just um, I can listen to the podcast or I can um, you know spend my time in a different way. But the costs are greater than we think. You see, the epistles of the New Testament they could have easily been done in a, in a simple way. Paul could have said, you know what, I want you to take these, copy them down, and pass them along to other people, and and just um, you know when he gets your time, read it. He could have done that. And, and there are thousands and thousands of pieces and particles, you know, fragments of New Testament um, manuscripts out there. But, um, but what he said was he told them to go and read them, read them to the church read them to the gathering, read them to these people, read them together. And when you've done, when you've finished reading them in, in Colossae, take them over to Laodicea to let them read them there and, and, and to do this. So they would do this in their gathering. Um, in Acts 15, 31, it says, and when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. This is after the Jerusalem council. They sent a recap. This is what that this is what we feel like God is telling us to do. And so they came in and they read it out to the people there, and to the Gentile churches, and they go, okay, well, we're rejoicing because of the encouragement from this. You see, the problem with moving away from the gathering is that we're made to be with each other. We're just made to be there. And, and I think, you know, really today, we, we've had some great experience with that and, and understanding that um, being isolated is not... Fun. It's not a good thing. It's not good to be alone. It's not good to withdraw and and to fall away from from others. And there's just something about being some with someone that is way better than connecting through media. It's it's just way better. In Second John. Verse 12, John said, though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. I love that. I absolutely love it. You know why? Because I hate to write. I absolutely despise writing. I mean, it is, you know why I don't have a blog? Because I hate writing um and and um and and you know you know the little email that you get every week from me you know who writes it my daughter Hannah she's my ghostwriter and she does she, she just does it so much better than me I send her my notes and and she you know I kind of give a sketch and this is what I'm saying and this is what I'm doing you know what she does she just makes it sound so good and I would sit there and just labor over it. How do I write this? I can talk forever. And so you go, know, yeah, you can. But, uh, but you know, I mean, hey, I, I, you know, it's just since I was a kid, I could talk. I mean, I've always been, you know, and, and but I don't like to write. I, I can write, but I don't like to. I mean, I can do it, and I can do it fine. It just takes me... My, I, just have, I just sit there and, and, and just obsess over, well, no, I need to change this. No, this, I just can't get it right. You know, I'm not like Greg Crawford then you sit down and go, and the 20-page paper comes out. You know, that sounds really good. You know, I'm just, I'm not smart. So, so it happens, and, and that's the way it is. And, and you come in, but here's what he said. He said, I don't want to write to you. I want to come talk to you. And that resonates with me. Because you know what, if I write something to you, I don't know how you take it in. I don't know how you read the words, how you, um, how you parse it all out. But when we're face to face, I can see the look. And, and I can see, you know, if you're falling asleep, I, I know that you just stayed up too late last night. It's not because of what I'm saying is not good. Um, you know, that can never be. <laughs> you know, don't get louder. It won't help. Um, but... But, but it just is. And, and the thing is, is social media and, and computers and video, they're never going to replace proximity. It just can't. It just cannot do it. You can't replace physical presence with bits and bytes. It won't work. It's, it's not there. And and, it, it's, it's, um, and and having said that, I love it. I mean, I, I do. I, I love the fact that, that I can um, pick up my phone and find something out at a moment's notice. I, I I like it that I can be driving down the road in a city that I've never been to before and go, hey, give me directions to this address and and all of a sudden they go, okay, well, hey, head this way, turn right and and you know you're gonna be there in 23 minutes. And, oh well, traffic's changing, you need to go over here. I love it. That's I mean, what's wrong with that? Used to I had to actually pull over to the side of the road and pull a thing called a map out of the glove box. You know, you remember those? And then kind of find out where you are on there. And some kind of looking at me like, what, huh? You know, no, that's the way the world used to be. And and so it was. So we learned to do that. And I would sit down and I would talk to my dad or I'd talk to my uncle. Hey, I'm going, you know, cross, cross country here. And they go, well, you know, take this road, this road, this road. Yeah, stay off of that one. And, and now we just got a phone in our pocket and say, hey, tell me the best way to get there. And there it is. And maybe that might work. Um, it'll get you there. It might not be the best way. But, but anyway, so, so those, those are the things that we come in. I, I love it. Um, but um, But the reality is, is that, that voice has been replaced with, uh, with a text. Um, a lot of times, and, and, and we come in and we've done all kinds of, of different things that, that eliminate us connecting, connecting together. Um, it's, uh, it's really handy. And by the way, if you wanna you know, message me, don't try to do it on Facebook, because I, I, I still haven't figured out how to use it. Um, and, and I don't really want to. It just doesn't, it doesn't ring my bell. Um, but, but, um, but anyway, um, what I'm saying is is that all of our connectivity has disconnected us. It's, it's, it's impacted us in a negative way. Um, for one, when we're in a group, we're often engaged with a device rather than those around us. We're often like this, being a group. Now, you say, you know, you're sitting around at night watching TV or whatever, you're not interested in the show, you're reading, you know, reading the, uh, you know, the latest article, or you're trying to figure out how to make your bullets work right or whatever. Um, But, uh, but I'm talking about, you know, say, you know, used to, remember, remember before, before coronavirus, the DMV used to be a horrible place. It's beautiful now. You make an appointment and you don't wait. You just go, you show up, and, you know, 15 minutes later, you're done. It's not like a lifetime sentence. Um, But used to, you'd go in there, and you'd sit there, and and before you had um, smartphones and and texting and all this stuff going on, you know what you did? You talked to people. You know, you'd talk to the guy next to you. You might read a magazine or whatever. But eventually, you'd be bored to death and wonder if you were going to die in the DMV and if they would find you if you did. And, and, and you would chat with the people around you because you would hope that, you know, if something happened, somebody there would know you. Um, you you'd just go on. You'd build relationships with people. You'd do that. And I remember growing up as a kid, my dad we just, we were terrified. We'd go in the store and say, dad, please don't talk to strangers. And, and, um, you know, he, he, I'm bad, man. I mean, he, you know, he would talk to people in line, and he'd just carry on conversations with people and, and he'd go, well, how'd you know her? How'd you know him? Oh, I've never met him before in my life. I was like, I did not just didn't know a stranger. And, um, you know, it, when he died, I mean, at his funeral. I told my mom, I said, my gosh, all the people here. And she's like, son, your daddy cut a wide path. And, and, um, I mean, I was just surprised and, and not that, not that that is just the sheer numbers just surprised me and, um, and, and just coming in, but why It's this relational thing because we're made to be face-to-face. Now, not everybody's made to talk to strangers like that. That's, I don't even do that, but, uh, I have a brother who does. Um, anyway, we, we should take these opportunities that we have to engage with people, Rather than engaging with something that's not real and disappears, let's engage with human beings, people with flesh and bones, skin, and, and, um, and come in and, and take an opportunity with each other because we've, we've eliminated that opportunity with something that's very convenient and very safe. It's very convenient and it's very safe for me to flip down And start reading the news on my phone, or to search something out, or to just look at it because I don't want to talk to somebody. It's really easy. As a matter of fact, every now I've I've seen people do that. I've seen you know they'll they'll see me coming. Pull up. Look, man, if you don't want to talk, I'm cool. Um, It's fine. Uh, But but that was that was pretty lame. Um, Nobody. Have you ever had that happen? No, no, that never happens to you. Um, but anyway, you, you know what I'm saying? It's, oh man, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's this thing. And, and it, it leads us to living in this virtual space rather than engaging with human beings and, and having a life that matters. That's real. It's real. Look, if your relationships are behind an avatar, you got a problem. You got a problem. I'm your friend. I'm just telling you. you need, you're made. You're made to be in the presence of God and in the presence of others. We're made for that. We're just made for it. Technology is great. I love it. I love the fact that we can come in and flip a switch and poof, lights come on. A microphone goes so you can hear me because by the time this is over with, I, you know, there's not a lot of voice left after the second time. Um, I, I like it. I like the fact that the people who are unable to be here can be here with us in, in another way. I like the fact that they're still connected. I like the fact that they, they can look and they say, you know what, it's good. I know I can, see, I can see the back of this person's head or whatever, you know, on Sunday morning. I know they're there and, and, um, and they're a part of my life. We're connected. I like that. It's great. But bits and bytes... Or a poor substitute for face-to-face. And this is what he's saying. We need to meet together. We need to meet together. We need to get together. So as, as we come in, you know, how how do I encourage others? How do I encourage others? How do I encourage them in their faith? How do, I, um, be, how, how do I get myself to a point of being encouraged when I'm with other people? Worshiping, praying together, coming together, looking at opportunities um, that, that God has for us as we throw out common things. And we say, you know what? There, I have a prayer concern. Will you pray for me? Will you join with me in this? Will you labor with me in this? Will you help me with my burden? And <clears throat> for, for folks who are in in the online option right now, because that's 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 as as good as it can get for you. There's still ways to interact, you know, pick up the phone, make a phone call. Um, there's some things that, that we can do. You see, corporate worship has to be a priority. How, how, how can I make that a priority in my life? And how can being in, in, uh, in a corporate worship service or, or a small group encourage me? How's that going to encourage me? You know, are, are you connected with another group of believers, um, a handful that are, that, um, that are maybe walking through some of the same stuff in life that you are, where you can encourage each other, help each other? You know? Probably don't have any problem at all calling up a friend saying, hey, my car's making this noise. I know yours did it. How'd you fix it? Shouldn't be any different for us to pick up the phone and say, you know what? I'm having a really hard time. I need somebody to pray with me. Or I need to learn how to fill in the blank, whatever it is. And I know that you figured it out And I know that you did it with the help of God. How did that flesh out in your life? How can I I do that? And then the final thing is to <clears throat> encourage one another and all the more, as you see the day drawing near, the day, Greg talked about the day earlier, that, um, in, at, that song that we sang in the, the presence, coming into the presence of God and, and knowing God, but encourage one another with our present and future hope in Jesus. We're to encourage one another with present hope. We have a present hope in him. Um, you know, Our hope is not off in the future, it's here today. Eternal life isn't something that we get when we die. It's something that happens the moment that Jesus makes us alive. We're born dead in our sin. And Jesus makes us alive when we come to him in faith. So once we come to life in Christ, once he changes us and and, and makes us whole in you through faith in him, how do we take that and encourage one another with the present hope that we have, that we've talked about already, and, and the future hope that we have? And the point is, is, is as he's saying here, he's saying, look, make the, use of, make the most of your time. Make the most use of your time and the opportunities that you have to make a difference. He's telling us that we need to make, it, make the most of the opportunities that God's giving to us to make a difference in the lives of others. Um, and it starts with those closest to us. It starts in our home. It starts with our our um, with our spouse, with our children, with our extended family, with the people that are in our closest little circle, and, and then it goes out from there to the people that, that um, we're close with as close friends and people whom we work with that, that we come in, and we look, you know, how can I impact their life? Uh, and I look around, and, and I see, you know, you see people that you work with who don't know Christ. How can you... Um, Pray for them, encourage them, be an example to them. How can you live a life so that they're drawn to Jesus in you? And and how can I work that out? In, In Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, Paul said, look carefully then how you walk. And he says how you walk, he's not talking about your gait, he's talking about how you live your life. He said, look carefully at how you live out your life not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. He's saying, look, this, this is an evil world we're living in. You need to live it in a wise way so that other people are drawn to Christ. Make the most of every opportunity you're given. In Romans 13, 11 through 13, he says, besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed the night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies or drunkenness, not in sexual immorality or sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. In other words, Paul said, look, your old life is over. It's done. Live your life where people see the light in it. Make the most of every opportunity. Um, what, what, when we come down to all of it, you know, when we, when we come into those things and we say, you know what, these are the things that really consume me. These are the things that really draw me in. And and I don't really have a problem engaging other people in those areas. As a matter of fact, even engaging a stranger. Look, just go to the gun counter or whatever it is you go to at Sportsman's Warehouse and, and don't see if somebody doesn't give you unsolicited advice. Just go there for a minute and you'll find, you know, some, some people give you way more than you want. And you think, man, what's up with the preacher? It's all he does is guns and kill stuff and what, you know? Um, no, I like to fish, too. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so he's saying. Look, make the most of the time. We can do all that stuff real easy. Instead, figure out a way that that's secondary and the primary thing is you're looking at saying, hey, man, we are living in a little bitty sliver of time. As a matter of fact, it's a dot. It's a dot on a line that has no ends. If you can imagine a a, a gazillion years from now and then add a day to that, you know what we're going to be doing? If you know Jesus, you're going to be worshiping him. You say, well, what do you mean? Like like an, an eternal church service? no. That would be bad. Um, they're good, but you know, they're, they're, there's a reason they only last so long. No. No, it will be that we are so indebted to Jesus that we see him clearly, fully. We fully know him as he fully knows us. That we understand him so well that, that we just desire to be together. It's just, it's just the way it is. He built us for this relationship with him that lasts forever. And, and, and we know that, and we come into it now, and so we look at life now saying, you know what? I just want to bring as many people as I can with me. I want to bring as many people along. My father-in-law is 87 years old. You, you probably talked to him, Bob, and, um, <clears throat> at one time or another because he's not shy um, like me. In anyway, any way, but um, man, I, you know, I was down on the riverbank fishing with him one day, and, and he's down there, and I look over, and he's got his hand on this kid's shoulder, and this kid's got his head bowed, and they're, he's praying to receive Christ. You know, I snapped a picture, and I was like, "This is amazing," and um, and I just look at him, and, and and you know what he said? He goes, "Look," he said, "Man, I don't have much time left. He said, I got to win as many as I can.' By the way, he, he's never been a preacher or nothing like that. I mean, he he's a retired educator." Um, but but that's that's um, you know you say well you know he had to have been a preacher or something because you're related no just a normal guy just a normal guy he says you know what I'm living in a dot that's on a line that goes forever and God wants me to make the most of every last opportunity so as we come in that's where it is so so. <clears throat> bringing it down and coming into there in this last line where he says encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near knowing that you know what either the clock's going to go out for me and i'm going to be in the presence of god or jesus is going to come down out of the sky and he's going to bust it open and everybody's going to see it one of those two things is going to happen And we need to know and to look and to live our lives thinking about that. How can I encourage people around me? How can I encourage how can we encourage each other? How can I encourage you? How can you encourage me in your struggles in you know, the things that you're going through right now? You know what? Because the truth of the matter is I'm older than a lot of people in here. I'm younger than some. I'm older than a lot. And um, and and I got a lot of miles. And in those miles, there's stuff that I've seen that I can pass along. Not because I'm smart, just because I learned by the School of Hard Knocks. And it's a good thing to do. Not, not, it's not a good thing to do, the School of Hard Knocks. It's a good thing to pass along what you learned. Because, you know, um, <clears throat> smart people can learn from other people instead of having to take all the lumps themselves. And how can we encourage people? There, there are folks here who have been Christians for longer than I've been alive. And they have wisdom to pass on to me. And, and how, can, how, can I, how can I draw that out of them? You know, how, I mean, how can I put myself in a position to say, you know what, help me out here. This is where he's coming, encouraging one another all the day and even more as you see the day approaching. It, it may be, you know, you're saying, well, I've got to find somebody behind me. No, you may need to find somebody ahead of you and, and just say, hey, help me out, help me out, help me to learn. I want to know, you know, if, if, if if you're just starting off, it's always great to talk to somebody who's been in the race for a while, right, to know. Because that's the way that we learn. This is what the scriptures are telling us. We've got a common God. We've got a common faith. We've got a common hope. And it's all built on Christ Jesus. We see it in the scriptures. We see it over and over again. It's a promise that endures forever. And it's a hope that can't be taken away. And we are to encourage one another, to build one another up, to strengthen one another, to gather together, to be face to face, to pour into one another's lives, and to provoke one another to be better. To be better at who God has called us to be. Let's pray. Father, we come before You and we thank You and we praise You for the hope that we have in You. We thank You, Lord, that our faith isn't something that we live out in isolation. There's it's not something that's personal, but it's something that's corporate. It's something that we share. It's something that we have together. Is something that is very, very much personal in the sense that it's between us and you, but it never stays there. It always goes out. It always spills over. It spills over into every aspect of our lives. And Father, we thank you for that. We thank you that we don't have to go it alone. Instead, you made made us to be together, to build each other up, and to be a place that's safe, a place of hope, a place of encouragement and a place where people love us enough to speak truth into our lives and help us to move away from things that will harm us and draw near to the things of God that will bless us. Father, we thank you for the love that you've shown to us in Jesus, our great high priest who came became one of us and has gone before us to prepare a place for us in your presence so that where he is, we may also be. And we praise you for that and we thank you. and We pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as Greg leads us? All right. Hey, before we close, I want to mention we have uh, several small groups going on. We have uh, Sunday night groups, Tuesdays, Thursday. um, There may be a different time. There's one that meets a men's group that meets during this hour. Um, a ladies group that meets during this hour. I think we're going to have a co-ed group here before too long during this hour as well. So a lot of different opportunities to plug into a group. If you're interested, if you'll let uh, myself know or Pastor Greg know, we'll get you connected and, and tied into there. But it's, it's a great way to get to know people and to uh, be a part of, of what's going on in each other's lives and encourage each other. Let's uh, close now in a word of prayer. Dave, would you lead us?